Welcome to GradCast, the official podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at the University of Western Ontario. Hi everyone and welcome to GradCast, the official podcast of the Society for Graduate Students. I'm Romina Adam, here with my co-host Tyson Davis. Hi Tyson, how are you? I'm doing well, Romina, thanks for asking. And today we have a PhD candidate from the um, Library and Information Science Program at Western, Mark Shane Skill. How are you? Thank you, I'm doing well, uh, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> nice, usually how grad students go. Um, so why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? All right, okay, well I'm, uh, I'm from the Kingston, uh, Kingston Jamaica, uh, where I did my master's degree degree in library and information studies. I also did my bachelor's in Kingston, Jamaica in political science. And I'm here doing my PhD in library and information science by the Faculty of Information Media Studies at Western, where I'm kind of specializing in um, social media and library, uh, social media in library and in librarianship. So. Nice. So what brought you to Western all the way from Jamaica? Well, I needed to do my PhD because I was working at University of the Western as, um, as an assistant lecturer. I started as a librarian and there was a vacancy and they wanted somebody to fill that vacancy. So I decided, uh, well, they asked me if I could fill a vacancy for teaching and I did it uh, for three years. But you know, for, in order for me to stay in that position, I needed to do my PhD. So I started to search for mm-hmm. universities. Um, and Canada was a very um, good option for me because unlike the United States of America, I didn't have to do the credit records examination. Oh, that's uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to skip that one. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so my choice is actually boiled well, well onto two library schools, um, Western and University of Toronto. University of Toronto's um, application fee was a bit pricey, uh, at least more than Western, so I guess an economic decision kind yeah. of <laughs> prompted. Very practical, economical, <laughs> yeah. what we have to do. Yeah. But, um, but I did find uh, at least some of the researchers that I, I liked, um, in especially what their critique of information technology, um, for coming from Western, like mm-hmm. Gloria Lecky. Uh, so, yeah. Nice. What got you interested in library and information science to begin with? Like, that's such a, you know, it's not something that you would just do in high school and, you know, get that's interested right. in like that. So what got you? That's right. That's a great question. Um, I've always been interested in information technology, but I didn't want to do programming and coding. Uh, my dad was a programmer, uh, and I saw him, I would go to bed at night, and I would wake up, and I still see him at the computer screen. So I kind of rule it out as a career option for me because <laughs> I didn't want to spend all night um, working on computers. But I did like um, information technology and I found that, you know, if, if there was a degree that didn't force me to do programming aspect, I perhaps would have chosen it. In the end, I chose political science. I was headed to more theoretical research and academic research when I recognized that there's a colleague of mine who was doing the library program, um, and she was doing web, web page design, database design, I said, wait, those are things that I love, personally. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to do that. So that was one of the things that kind of piqued my interest in library and information um, science, that they, they focus on technology, but not so much on the, the back-end and the programming and the codes, but more 
you know, how to use it to divide, to um, to store information, manage information, and to be able to retrieve information in a timely fashion. So that was what really got me interested in library and information science. Nice. So now we can get into your PhD project, the meat of this interview. Sure, sure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? All Actually, right. a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my current uh, research is focusing on doing a narrative analysis of blogging platforms and Twitter platforms for the narratives that represent the identity of library consultants and the work of library consulting. So what that entails is um, I'm applying this method um, of, of finding narratives and how they try to, to represent a particular work identity um, that, that is prevalent in, um, in, in modern times. Um, let, let me start by talking about consulting. Consulting is a billion dollar industry and it, it, it spans diverse institutions in the public sector and the private sector. There, there are, there's consultants for everything, for, <laughs> uh, for a doing your accounts for budgeting, for marketing, strategic, strate strategic planning, information technology, all that. And they are used in schools, churches, universities, and um, pretty much anywhere. These people are these, these, this type of work is also done in libraries. And for me, uh, I find that while my, my scholars are interested in the how neoliberal practices impact librarianship, and uh, how the, the the change in in the state giving um, so, um, full financial support to libraries and education and universities, how, how they, their their withdrawal of that um, funding and and their privileging of partnerships between um, private sector and public sector, and as well as libraries having to to try to to adjust how they do their their practices and their how they managed mm -hmm. the infrastructure so that they can um, save more money, um, be more efficient and, and um, efficient and effective. You know, they have to draw on um, consultants. Part of the, the reliance on consultants is to to um, help them to know what technologies to adapt, how to apply marketing and traditional business practices to managing libraries. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so that's the, the contextual background. Um, my, the scholars that I, um, the scholars in librarianship, they have not looked at consulting itself. They have looked at these practices that, are, that libraries have adopted, these business and managerial practices, such as outsourcing. They have looked at um, um, the how the professional, the, the deprofessionalization of, libra of librarianship and those issues that are associated with this trend. But they have not really looked at, you know, the, the, the rise in library consulting and the reliance on consultants to help libraries restructure and, and to change ways of doing and implement new technologies and new business and managerial practices. Mm -hmm. yeah, so just one, just one thing. I'm just going to intervene here. So, what is something that a library consultant would do? Like, could you give us something specific for people sure. who don't know? All right. Okay. So, a library consultant, uh, and I must mention that there are two types, basically two types of library consultants. You have consultants who don't necessarily have a library background or library degree, but they have other expertise that librarians might need, such as perhaps customer service. So we have customer service consultants who might come into libraries and, and um, give them um, advice about how to approach um, customer service, you know, how they, um, 
what, what they need, what policies they need to put in place, what practices they need to put in place, what their signs should look like, you know, how they should greet um, customers. Uh, if, you, if libraries use the term customers, mm-hmm. how they should greet them when they come into the library and, make, and give them a more fulfilling experience. That's, what, that's one, so that's one group. Um, and then you have accountants like um, the, what's the, the, Del- the Deloitte Canada, uh, uh, Pricewater and Coopers and those um, consultants who come in and, and look at the library's budget and advise as to where they can make savings and so on. You also have information technology consultants who come into libraries and, and guide them into what systems they should adopt and implement information technology systems, uh, what um, software and what um, uh, hardware they should purchase. So you have those types of consultants. But you also have another category of consultants who are experienced librarians, who, who they have experienced... Um, working in libraries and in administration, and they offer that expertise for a fee. There are also persons, librarians, who have special niche area, niche expertise, such as gaming consultants. You have some some persons who specialize in gaming, and they talk about how libraries can apply gaming um, to libraries. Whether it might be gamification, how they can gamify some of the library website or the library space to, to make it more interesting for persons to use the library or whether it's how to put a game collection into the library or have gaming programs. And then you have other persons with other niche um, expertise, perhaps a language exper- expertise, you know, as how can you develop this collection in, a ter- in terms of a particular language, whether it's French, Spanish, etc. So you have various, so those various um, niche expertise that um library consultants I bring to library. So you have so again the two groups, the general consultants and managerial consultants, and then you have the library consultants who usually have a library library background, library education and a particular niche area. Okay. And so how does social media fit into all of this? How do all you right. bring that to the table? Okay, great. Um, well one one of the reasons why I selected social media as my as a major era data um, source is that you know when we do interviews usually we know who we are going to interview so we know we know the the the, the sampling frame the sampling list you know who you know we perhaps start by identifying you know the the group but what I wanted to do was different um, I recognize that social media especially blogging platforms and Twitter have been used to talk about work and work identity. It's used by librarians to talk to discuss their profession, you know, and trends in their profession. And one thing that I um, I asked, one of the questions that I asked, wouldn't it be um, a, a new approach to rather than beginning by starting with um, consultants and interviewing consultants? And their clients wouldn't it be a better a, a new ap- approach to start with who is talking about live consultants in the on these platforms on Twitter and blog blog. So I decided to that's a good it might be a, a, a interesting approach, different from the the traditional research of of, of just going to interview persons that that you perhaps purposely have selected and know. So I would identify first those who are talking about the consultants and then I would be able to use the, their narratives to analyze their narratives for what they say how they represent consultants if they represent them positively or, positively or negatively 
and uh, what are the what are the representations that, uh, that um, how they construct those representations. Mm -hmm. um, so, how, what have you mm -hmm. have you found anything so far? Do they are they represented more positively, negatively? Is it different across the platforms? Right. Good question. Um, yes, I found. So, my initial research, I have two databases. One with blogging platforms. I chose, I selected four blogging platforms, and I have three hundred sixty-seven um, blog blog texts that. Um, talk about library consultants, or at least mention them. And I also have uh, 605 tweets um, collected over a span of 2000, since Twitter, Twitter was implemented to 2014, where I looked at you know, every the mention of library consultants and library consulting. And from, the, from these, I've gotten a wealth of narratives that, that, um, that kind of sh uh, show how library consultants are uh, the identity of library consultants are constructed in um, in librarianship and in a larger discourse, societal discourse. So one main thing is that you know we have certain discourse or what I call mass narratives that that kind of put out story, scripts for library consultants, storylines about library consultants, about consultants in general. They they represent consultants positively as outsiders that have something beneficial to offer to their clients. They usually represent um, consultants as um, experts, knowledgeable experts. However, you find that you know, while we have these scripts in the discourse and the, the official literature, you know, in blogs and tweets, you find some alternative um, representations uh, to the, the, the wider literature. You, uh, I found, um, especially in Twitter, I found that live consultants are more ridiculed in in Twitter than they are in blogs. You know, and there are perhaps reasons for that um, that I that we could explain. Um, for for one, the in tweets, I, I find that um, tweets are more conversational and they're shorter to write, and so you find that most live um, well. I wouldn't say most. Let me not use the term most. I mean, um, but um, at least for my research, the data said most of the critical narratives of library consultants they emerge from the Twitter platform, where you have a number of nar narrators uh, um, conversing about you know the bad behavior of, of library consultants, or you know that they charge too uh, too much money, uh, you know they are greedy. Those those those. The power issues that um, are involved in librarianship, you know, um, those things come out in tweets that don't necessarily come out in blogs. In blogs, um, the, the narratives are more um, in line with the positive representation of library consultants. Or silences, where persons only mention library consultants in one sentence, but don't um, elaborate uh, um, or even if they mention them, they, they 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 ascribe positive qualities to them, but you know, but they they they, they briefly talk about them. So there's more, let's see, more. There's there's more there there's more diversity and uh, in tweet data yeah, than in the blog data. Okay, yeah. and who's the who are who are the group of people that are doing this tweeting about these right. library consultants? Are they librarians or people who good, run libraries? Good question. Yes, uh, actually, there's a mixture. Um, there, there are library consultants who talk about themselves, so they put, position themselves as characters in in the narrative. Where you know they are doing these great things. They are, you know, they are 
they have this this amount of work experience and this is um you know their qualifications and they list their you know their connections with with um libraries their um qualification their their publications etc they, so they're talking about themselves and they're, they're doing a self presentation mm -hmm. then there are um others that um tell retold what we call retold narratives about library consultants so rather than um than um create their own personal narratives about library consultants. They, they tell of um, events that library consultants uh, um, were at and that they presented at, or that they are going to pre be presented at, and they evaluate, you know, they, they, they post these narratives of, of, of like breaking news. You know, yes, this library consultant will be presenting at this event, or they, you know, it's those, those kind of breaking news stories, those small stories where they talk about, okay, this library consultant oh, presented at such and such an event, and their, their, their talk was on this um, topic and and so on so and then, so you have those others these others are librarians archivists and and other um, individuals within librarianship then you also have institutional institutions that kind of post let's say documents or text about library consultants some of these are job descriptions some of these are event announcements etc uh, and then you also have uh, on the other side librarians who kind of um resent the the power um, that library consultants have, or bad behavior, especially um, of particular consultants, or uh, um, there are other issues that they have, um, such as the, the the fact that you know sometimes managers um, choose library consultants when they could have actually um, got, um, used staff to do the work, or or if they if it's a case of getting feedback. They would argue that you know you could get that feedback from unions and from customers and from workers rather than hiring library consultants. So yeah, there. So so there are some kind of so there's so what hap happens? You see some kind of let's see um, turf war or some kind of conflict conflict emerging out of the narratives about the the identity of library consultants. But there are positive things as well. People are, are praising them. There are people uh, who, who have been introduced to new technology because of them or to new knowledge. So, in a sense, the, the what I call the functionalist discourse, where we are library, library consultants are positioned as the knowledge, the, the knowledge change, the change agents, and the people who transfer knowledge from different areas into libraries. That that's that also takes place within these narratives. Awesome. So, um, <clears throat> just out of curiosity, um, it seems like this has came up uh, quite a few times, actually, in our interviews. Um, uh, somehow your research involving Twitter. Uh, we all had to get Twitter when we started on this radio show because we uh, were, you know, trying to promote our radio show. Um, did you get Twitter before you started, or did you have to get it as a result of your PhD? Well, I've always been one of those connected librarians in that I... You know, when I, even when I started my teaching uh, back in the University of the West Indies in Jamaica, uh, one year that I saw that I could be unique in this in social media. That's where I could specialize my research because my other colleagues, they already had other areas, the expertise in the years, but uh, social media was something new to them. And, and I found that because um, I was, because of the age difference, that, um, and, and, Perhaps my closer, my my, my closest technology, my my, well, my interesting technolo technology that um, social media was something that I uh, I thought I could do research in. 
from earlier as 2007. So my first, I first started studying Facebook and, and then I got my Twitter account and blogs and, and got immersed into all these different <laughs> technological platform, platforms. Nice. So as we wrap up, um, can you tell us a little bit about your future plans? I know you're in your fourth year of a PhD program. Any future plans in mind? Well, the immediate future goal is to finish. To, to, finish. <laughs> yep. to, to complete a, the writing up. I've, I've currently analyzed data. Uh, I'm doing some back and forth with the committee regarding um, you know, the analysis. But as soon as I'm completing that, my, uh, I, in, I plan to present a paper to the, the to librarians at a conference in June. So yeah, just to talk about the tales from the tweets, mm. um, which are <laughs> Particularly interesting, <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, hopefully to get a book um, on this topic. It's awesome. Thank you That's so much for coming on our show. Thanks. It was yes. nice chatting with you. Thank, Thank you very much, you. and we'll catch you all next week. Thanks, everybody. That's all for this week. If you want to send us some feedback, or if you want to come on the show yourself, email us at gradcastradio at gmail.com. Be sure to hook us up on social media. On Twitter, we're at Gradcast Radio, and look up Gradcast Radio also on Facebook. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, the podcast is located at gradcast.podbean.com, and it's on iTunes. And while you're there, why don't you leave us a review? It really helps us out. We'll see you guys next week.